Hello, and welcome to Objective Health. I am your co-host, Doug, and with me today is Erica. And in the background, on the ones and twos, as usual, is Damien. Hello. So today on Objective Health, we are going to be looking at bum, 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 vaccines. So, yet more vaccine news. Um, probably the most ironic news out this week um, is that Anthony Fauci not only has COVID again, but he's taking Paxlovid, which is the Pfizer antiviral, anti-COVID medication, and is experiencing rebound symptoms. Now, I don't know if people will remember, but we did a show a while back, I don't even remember how long ago, a few months back anyway, uh, where we were talking about Paxlovid and that people were experiencing this rebound effect where, you know, I think it's a weak treatment, like it's a, a, a seven-day treatment, and um, partway into that treatment, people were having these rebound effects where all of a sudden the um, symptoms of COVID came back with a vengeance. Well, sometimes they came back with a vengeance, sometimes they came back weaker. Um, but anyway, uh, Fauci, who is undoubtedly boosted multiple times, um, he's undoubtedly a good little vaccine taker, has not only got COVID, but is taking the Pfizer antiviral and experiencing rebound symptoms. So that's pretty hilarious, I I have to say. Now, mind you, of course, he's uh, letting everybody know that the symptoms are quite mild because he's so vaccinated, more vaccines than anybody else, probably. Unlike the Pfizer CEO, who is not vaccinated and was actually barred from something recently because he wasn't vaccinated. <laughs> What does that mean when the CEO of the company who makes your medication won't take the medication? So, um, yeah, I just thought that this was um, pretty funny. Uh, another actually interesting piece of news in this article, sorry, is from the Daily Mail. They say that um, studies have shown that the Paxlovid actually is not good for people who are vaccinated, which is also quite hilarious because you know they come out with this emergency medication and everybody's supposed to be vaccinated but this this medication doesn't actually work on people who are vaccinated um i don't know if that was a cdc study or if it was some independent study or something like that but nonetheless also quite funny um yeah so they go into the well, whole... and and F Pfizer's just covering all their bases. So for the uh, percentage that aren't vaccinated, they're still going to get their drugs into people, mm -hmm. one mm -hmm. way or another. So it sounds like a uh, a PR ploy for marketing for them. Yeah, you know. Well, it was pretty funny too because I remember there was a, a controversy a few months back about Paxlovid because people were um, experiencing these. Uh, rebound symptoms. And I think it was the CEO of Pfizer or somebody who was high up in Pfizer anyway, said, um, well, that just means you have to take more of it. And then all of a sudden, I think it was the FDA are like scrambling and saying, no, 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 don't take more of it. We don't know that that's true. We don't know that you should be taking more of it. And because like they, I think it's a five day treatment actually, now that I think about it. And he was saying, I'll just take 10 days worth. And they were like, no, no, we don't have any studies on that. Don't do that. But um, because they're trying to say that the reason 
that um, Fauci or anybody is experiencing these rebound symptoms is because not enough of the drug is getting into the cells. Um, so the answer to that is to take more of the drug. Um, yeah. Whatever you do, don't take ivermectin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't take hydroxychloroquine. Don't take don't ivermectin. Take... Don't take yeah. vitamin D. Don't take vitamin C. Don't take any of that kind of stuff. Take Paxlovid and take a lot of it. <laughs> and if you have rebound symptoms, well, we're sorry. Sorry about that. Just take more. I actually don't even think they would say sorry because no. that would admit culpability and being dishonest. <laughs> You're right. You're right. <laughs> Yeah. They might just say, well, that's unfortunate that that happened to you. Yes. Here's another yeah. script. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, the cost went up. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, there's another article on the Paxlovid um, from the Defender, the Children's Health Defense. Um, that one's the one that's from uh, a couple months back. Um that said, uh, NIH, NIH investigating why patients relapse after taking co Pfizer's COVID antiviral pill Paxlovid. And I think that's the one actually where they were saying, um, like I think the, the Daily Mail one is actually a pretty mainstream article and the, the, the Defender one is, is a little bit more um, telling, telling that like it is. So some of the stuff I said before might've actually been in this article and not the, the Daily Mail one, but you can read them both and find out. Um, Anyway, maybe we'll move on here. So another big news, actually, is the dropping birth rates nine months after vaccination rollouts to younger people. So this was an article from the Daily Sept Skeptic. I almost called it Septic, Daily Septic. The Daily Skeptic, um, which is actually a great site, um, and people should uh, check it out. It's British. Um, I think it's Toby something or other is the guy behind it or one of the guys behind it. And they are actually, <clears throat> excuse me, very good at sharing um, the good info on COVID, on lockdowns, on masks. Um, and they have a couple of very good science writers in-house as well who do good analyses. Um, we've uh, talked about a, a few of their articles on here before, but I think I, I just wanted to give a shout out to them because they're actually... Uh, a very good, consistent site. Um, anyway, they published one on June 29th. What's behind the worldwide drop? Worldwide drop in birth rates nine months after the vaccination rollouts to younger people. So they go through, and what they're looking at <clears throat> um, is just that—the low number of birth rates now compared to uh, previous years. Um, and if you where are you, Damien? If you go down to the first tweet there, you can see, hopefully people can see it there. There's a, a graph that kind of shows it's Germany and the bar on the far left is 2011. The red bar on the right is 2022. And you can see the the birth rate there. Um, and that's all from the first, qu first quarter of the year. So they're comparing the first quarter of 2022 to the first quarter of all these previous years. And you can see what a striking difference it is there. Um, a number of different countries are reporting this. Switzerland is another one. Um, Netherlands. Hong Kong's is actually like stunning. If uh, yeah. there's a tweet on there from Orwell 2024, Damien, you can maybe scroll down to. And again, I don't know if people will be able to see this, but they're showing 
birth rates from 2015, 2016, all the way up to 2022. And it's kind of like before 2015 had a positive birth rate, um, 2016 a slightly negative, then it was positive given 2017. Then there's been a kind of downward trend, but then it hits 2022 and they are at negative 64.9%. So that is a massive drop. Um, so, of course, the authorities don't really know what's going on here, or at least they're saying they don't really know what's going on. But, of course, people are speculating that this is a side effect of vaccination. Now, it's not really a stretch, you know. Um, people have been talking about side effects from vaccines like miscarriages um, and menstrual irregularities and what else, Erica? Stillbirths. Stillbirths. Um, excessive bleeding women coming back to having their period after having gone through menopause like mm -hmm. there's some serious concerns about all this yeah and we covered and a study a while back too where it was showing that spike protein it was showing the tissues that it was kind of collecting in and the ovaries was like the biggest one now mind yes. you that's still not a smoking gun of course but it's highly highly suspect now, oh, sorry, I should say that the, 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 what they're showing in these graphs are live births. So it's not pregnancies, it's live births. Um, so the number of live, live births is way down. Um, it could possibly be that um, people are not really feeling safe and secure right now, so they're hesitating on having babies. Um, you know, we did just come out of lockdowns and all this kind of stuff, and maybe people just weren't um, wanting to have babies or weren't accidentally having babies like they previously would have been. But the thing is, and what this writer points out, is that the timing is just almost too on point. You know, it's it's literally nine months after the big vaccine rollout when everybody started getting getting these vaccines. It's like, you know, if it was lockdowns that were doing it or people scared of the coronavirus and stuff, why wouldn't we have seen this sooner? Right. And as we covered in the show, and I don't even know which one or which year at this point, but um, that was one of the first things that Dr. Peter McCullough came out in the U.S. saying uh, he's the uh, doctor from cardiologist from Texas who's been very, very vocal about the concerns regarding the vaccine, even as a fully vaccinated physician and having originally encouraged his patients to get vaccinated. One thing he said was that we have never in the history of the U.S. vaccinated pregnant women. Mm -hmm. It's just a no-go territory. So I think for me, this points to that, yes, all of a sudden they changed the trajectory on that and they are vaccinating pregnant women with what is still an emergency use authorization. So it's not approved and it hasn't had any long-term studies. And he said, in the past, we've never even obviously tested or experimented on pregnant women because that's completely immoral and wrong. Mm -hmm. But I think we are living through the results of that experiment now yeah. and like you were saying um you know with the lockdowns and whatnot i mean fertility has been an ongoing issue for about 10 or 15 years i'm speaking with friends uh, who are trying to have children who can't the uh, rate of miscarriages so i think there is a little bit of that to play in there mm -hmm. um 
you know, I just think it's toxicity in general. I can't say it's this, that, or the other thing, but I think for whatever reason, it's a lot harder for women to have babies, mm-hmm. you know, because of the massive inundation on your system of toxins. Yeah. And that could be from air, water, food, drugs, you name it. Yeah. You know? Well, it could, it just made me think of the, um, the masks too. I mean, everybody's been mm-hmm. wearing masks for the last year. No, longer. And, two years. Uh, yeah, two years. And um, yeah, I mean, the, we've talked about before about the microplastics and chemicals and things like that in the masks. And, you know, people were going absolutely ape shit with the antibacterial, antimicrobial, whatever it Which is. Which are all endocrine disrupting chemicals. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we did a show, I don't even know, six or seven years ago about these types of things. That's what annoyed me the most during this whole pandemic is like we were finally getting to get triclosan out of our everyday regime of cleanliness and there it is right there Mm -hmm. just to (laughs) yeah all those little goo things that they would make you like squirt on your hands when you went into places Mm -hmm. like yeah it's brutal and they don't know the long-term effects on fertility you know and so as always you know put on that tinfoil hat erica like is this why they're doing it? I mean, obviously, you know, you have population control or pop, you know, too many people. And it's like, maybe they're just experimenting with ways to find these kind of numbers that these people have documented, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's not a good time to be trying to get pregnant. That's for sure. Well, actually speaking of vaccines for pregnant women, there was another, Uh, article on the daily skeptic again um i think i'm thrown off by that title because it's spelt the british way s-c-e-p-t-i-c instead of s-k anyway um any gm paper falsely claims infants are at high risk from covid19 to justify vaccinating pregnant women (sighs) so there's 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 damage control right there (laughs) yeah exactly So basically what this is, the author is talking about how um, he was looking at something on uh, a website called MedPage Today, which I don't know if you've seen it before, but it's basically just medical news. And um, he came across a study there that said that um, infants, where's the quote? Um, infants younger than six months of age are at high risk for complications of coronavirus disease 2019, COVID-19. So he was kind of outraged, uh, rightly so, because Mm -hmm. this is not the case, and it has never been shown that infants are at high risk of complications from coronavirus. In fact, the opposite really has been shown. I mean, it's the thing is, it's so crazy, right? Like right from the very get-go of this thing, they were saying, yeah, it looks like children don't really get this. It looks like children don't really get it or they don't get it that bad. You know, of course, you still have to be careful with uh, children who are immune compromised, all that kind of stuff. You know, all those disclaimers aside, in general, kids don't get it. And if they do get it, it's pretty damn mild. And, you know, the kids who don't get it also aren't passing it on. That's the other thing. So all their justifications for, for vaccinating kids have been bullshit from the very get, very beginning. So anyway, this guy goes through and basically goes to their source. And he says that um, 
Um, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to find it here. Basically, when he went to the source, what it basically said, it, it didn't even talk about whether or not infants were at high risk of complications of COVID-19. Um, it was talking about basically something else, like the total numbers of, of infants who are hospitalized or something like that. And, you know, without giving the proper context to that, you know, that could be swayed to mean anything. But basically, it didn't say anything in there and wasn't even trying to claim that infants had... Uh, any uh, greater possibility of complications from COVID-19. So in other words, the people who were writing this study just were flubbing it. They were just kind of like, how can we increase the number of pregnant women who are getting COVID-19 vaccines? I know. We tell them that their babies are at risk. It's really and that's manipulative. The way, yeah, and that's the way you do it. They're already high stress, like you said, deciding to even have a baby during a pandemic. And then they're going to basically, and I know that feeling of being in a doctor's office and essentially being cornered, like, mm. uh, put, you know, like a pusher pushing it on you. And um, what I like what he said in the article is we should, in fact, be more concerned with the injection of mothers to be with substances, which health authorities in Scandinavia have not recommended for children under 12. Mm -hmm. So there's countries that know that they shouldn't be giving this to people under 12. And yet somehow all of a sudden it's normal policy to vaccinate pregnant women. It's really crazy. It, it is. It's, it, it's crazy that I think it's crazy that this is still going on. You know, it's um, most places have kind of dropped everything out. Like even Canada, you know, the, the, the major holdout who weren't letting unvaccinated people leave the country have finally dropped that, right? That, that, mm -hmm. that happened on June 20th. They finally came around and said, okay, unvaccinated people can get on a plane now or a train. We'll, we'll let it rest. But they're still, like, they're still pushing the vaccinations, like still mm -hmm. like hardcore pushing the vaccinations. It's, it's really, it's kind of a strange thing. You know, and they still, you still get reports on the news all the time trying to scare you and saying, oh, we're seeing our numbers go up. Crazy, COVID numbers are going up. So. Well, it's like they've decided to double down, right? Yeah. Like instead of like admitting like what happened with the swine flu in the 90s, instead of admitting, well, that wasn't the approach and we made a mistake and we apologize, and, you know, take the packs of it or whatever, the Ivermectin. Yeah. <laughs> like they're literally doubling down, which again, like makes my tinfoil hat kind of stand on edge. Like what, what? Yeah. You know, that, I mean, there's so many things that are coming out, even in mainstream, you know, oh, the cardiac arrests of, you know, the sad, sudden adult death syndrome and stuff That's like that. Unbelievable. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So and and for us, because we're paying attention and we've been following it all along, it's like, really, you guys are going to try and and push that narrative now it's kind of confusing but see they can't even give them uh an inch at this point it yeah. seems and it yeah. seems like that's the intention and uh yeah they're very very forceful about it well the sudden adult death syndrome thing i don't think we've talked about that yet on this on the show we took a couple of weeks yeah. off there and and that's when it kind of hit and that is <laughs> i mean on the one hand it's hilarious um, because it's so stupid, but 
it's just it's it's crazy. I mean, we cut we did a show before where we were talking about all the crazy things that the media is saying are pushing now that cause heart attacks or cause heart problems or coronary problems and all that kind of stuff. And this is just kind of like a, a, a next step up from that. You know, first they're telling you that like, oh, digging in the soil in your garden is gonna it is gonna give you a heart attack, and shoveling snow is gonna give you a heart attack, and I can't remember what else. It was like it was it, climate change. That was one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Climate that change. Was a big one. Climate yeah. change is gonna give you a heart attack for sure. Like you running know, on the treadmill, fitness, fitness. Yeah, 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 fitness. <laughs> yeah, no, even like the, the crazy thing was they were they were putting out articles saying why your child could die of a heart attack from like going for a run in gym or something like that. Like all these things that never never caused heart attacks before suddenly are causing heart attacks. But this sudden adult death syndrome, it's kind of like that's like the ultimate out for them. You know, it's kind of like right. if anybody dies for any reason at all, other than maybe a blatantly obvious like you know bullet to the head they can say that it was sudden adult death syndrome you know they could just they could just write it off oh yeah it's that sudden adult death syndrome you know how that is you never know what it is weird it's weird to see it on mainstream kind of media too because you know for forever and a day they've been denying SIDS which is sudden Mm -hmm. infant death syndrome and saying oh you know it's parents aren't watching the bait, whatever they're saying, but they would literally not, it would never get coverage because because of the vaccine issue. Right. But now all of a sudden, sudden adult death syndrome is getting all this coverage. Yeah. Yeah. And so it it just, it's like living in the upside down. Like we are literally in Alice in Wonderland and things are just turned on their head. And now, now, Oh, you know, my partner died of SADS. (laughs) I, I thought that sad. was, uh, yeah, with the time change and no, no, sad. oh, yeah, the um, <laughs> that's the, the sad, sad seasonal disorder. affective disorder, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. see, so, yeah. <laughs> so did they die from seasonal affective disorder they or died sudden adult they're a little death? Depressed. Yeah, <laughs> well, the crazy thing, too, when you make that connection with SIDS, uh, there was a lot of evidence actually that it was actually tied to vaccines, uh, childhood, right. childhood infant vaccines basically Um, right and predominantly in boys more than girls you know so uh, yeah but don't talk about that no (laughs) don't talk about that well another one from the daily skeptic We, we got a lot from them today um serious heart inflammation 44 times higher in covid vaccination study nature study finds 44 times higher The study, which examined the vaccination status of all 1,612 hospital cases of myocarditis and 1,613 hospital cases of pericarditis in France between May 12th and October 31st, 2021, found that the risk of being hospitalized with myocarditis was 8.1 times higher in in the week following a Pfizer second dose and 30 times higher following a Moderna second dose. Uh, apparently, this hit younger adults more than it did old adults. Um, it peaked at the age group of 12 to 17, 18 times higher in males age 12 to 17. So it is hitting the males, as we've been showing, talking about on this show for a while. It does definitely seem to be uh, striking men more than it does women, boys in some cases, as opposed to girls. But um, yeah, so that's 
rather interesting, isn't it? That's a study in the, the highly prestigious journal Nature. So, and yet, at the same time, with information like this coming out, they're still out there trying to get everybody to get vaccinated and pushing as hard as ever. Yeah. And those numbers will just unfortunately still continue to go up. You know, maybe they're um, <clears throat> working on a better product. You know, I, I, somewhere I was listening to them talking about, well, you know, we've recognized that the uh, mRNA is not a precise science. Even huh. the people that, <laughs> that created that CRISPR-9 technology have been saying that from the beginning. But, you know, we're going to come up with an even better one, you know, uh -huh. and can't wait just let it go already people I mean, just move on. well if tiff was on here she would say they don't have to work they just want to get people they just want to be monkeying with people's dna right and potentially um lowering the birth rate in the process well maybe right? yeah yeah well to round out our stories about vaccines this week june 29th RT had a an article called U.S. Government to Distribute Monkeypox Vaccines. I guess everybody has probably heard about this at this point. But the White House is set to hand out nearly 2 million monkeypox vaccines in the coming months, beginning with an initial phase of around 300,000 doses as part of a new national strategy against the potentially dangerous virus. Um, 56,000 vaccine doses would be allocated immediately following, followed by 240,000 additional shots over the coming weeks. 1.6 million doses will be made available this year. Wow. Monkeypox. What I found, yeah, what I found so fascinating about this article is kind of more towards the bottom is that it's basically a vaccine that they would use for smallpox. It's a smallpox vaccine. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, And it's been authorized for dual use, which means it's off-label prescribing. Mm. <laughs> and uh, you know what I mean? So as I said in our show a couple of weeks ago, I think this is, you know, just the order of what's being served up before yeah. they experiment with the potential of smallpox. Well, the difference between what we saw with COVID versus what we're seeing with this monkeypox thing is first of all, monkeypox is like, it's, it's not really, it's not a pandemic at this point. I don't think, is it? It's not like, no, it's not that bad. And it seems to really kind of be hitting the gay community more than anything else um, being spread through um, big events and stuff. I mean, I'm sure that's not exclusively where it's spreading, but nonetheless. Um, but the, I think the big difference is that um, these vaccines weren't, like just created you know smallpox vaccines have been around for for ages right so there's no pharmaceutical company that's making i mean i'm sure they're making a lot of money don't get me wrong but it's not to the like it's it's dwarfed by the numbers that you know pfizer and moderna and those people were getting for covid vaccines so i think this is just like a little kind of interlude between mm -hmm. uh covid and whatever's coming next it's kind of like they saw an opportunity to uh, scare the shit out of people with another disease. So they're like, well, let's throw this one out there and uh, see what sticks. Like, I don't see this one really causing the same level of panic. Um, and I think it's probably just an excuse to get some people vaccinated. I mean, even like, well, they are talking about 300,000 doses. What's the population of the U.S.? 
300,000, yeah? Uh, 30, 36, 360 million? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. What am I saying? 300,000. <laughs> I was, I was yeah. off by a factor of 10 there. Okay. I think it's 300 something around that. Yeah. So it's like, what, like 10% of the population, I guess? Yeah. Anyway. Well, and it's interesting in that article, too, they, they, why they mentioned in 2003, more than 70 cases were confirmed in the U.S. So that's 20 years ago, making the first outbreak seen outside of Africa, according to the World Health Organization, right? So why would you throw in that 2003? I mean, you know what I mean? That just says, that seems, I don't know, what yeah. the... What the I think you're right. I think they're just really softening those few, a small percentage of people that aren't supporting all of this. I mean, I probably you, Doug, as well as I, I never got a smallpox vaccine when I was a child, but people in the, in their sixties did, you know, they have the scar to prove it and it's been eradicated for 50 years, you know? So yeah. That's not to say it won't come back of course, but Right. And I do think this also goes into the whole Tedros scam to get everybody on board for this new world health umbrella, whatever. Yeah. Initiative. Like, uh, because if they can show how people aren't going along with what's being told to them, then they can show that they need that, that we need a a coherent measure to get everybody on board, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's part of why they're releasing this type of information it'll basically because i'm just reading here that it said they've confirmed a total of 305 monkeypox cases in the u.s so 305 cases like that's it um so they're probably just like throwing this out there and the people who are terrified and are probably going to get any vaccine that comes along because they probably think that more vaccines the more vaccines you can get the the better the healthier you are so yeah but it's, I don't think it's going to go very far. Not this one. Right. Well, at the very end of this article, too, they say initial symptoms include fever, head and muscle aches, swollen lymph nodes, chills, exhaustion. And though most infections resolve without serious illness, the virus is lethal in a small percentage of cases. Sound like another virus we just had? Mm, what could that be? Yeah. Influenza? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So yeah, that's just more to more more just you know keep it in your uh, repertoire of information as the narrative starts to change and COVID kind of goes out as something old and a variation of pox come in as something new, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Bill Gates was has been saying that he predicted smallpox would be the 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 have a resurgence at some point. Right, especially if his organizations are working on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His nonprofit organizations, yeah. of course. He's here to help. Always. Okay. Well, I think that that is our show for this week. Thanks very much for joining us. Um, be sure to like and subscribe and share widely. Um, and we will see you all on the next Objective Health. Bye bye. Have a great day.